Welcome, fans of the Justice League universe. My name is Sam, and in this podcast, Alessandro and I usually break things down scene by scene because we love getting into the details of DC films. But in this special episode, we are going to look back at the entirety of BVS, uh, which was released on this day exactly one year ago, and which has been a hot topic of conversation amongst film fans and comic book movie fans ever since. We're going to go over our lasting impressions and some holistic thoughts that didn't really fit into specific episodes about scenes, because obviously there were some things that overarched the entire movie rather than just fitting within one scene. This will also give us a chance to talk a bit about the mixed reaction of the movie. And throughout this episode, we are going to include your thoughts about why you loved the movie. So once again, let's dig into Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, directed by Zack Snyder, co-written by Chris Terrio and David Goyer, produced by Charles Roven and Deborah Snyder, with cinematography by Larry Fong. So I'll start things off, and I just want to say straightforwardly that I love this movie. To put a numerical score on it, I've settled on a 9.8 out of 10, in my personal opinion which is very, very good for me because I've only given two or three perfect tens out of something like 1,700 movies that I've watched. In this podcast, I often drift into all the details and the film techniques and stuff, and I forget to mention just that this movie is awesome and I really enjoy it on an emotional level too, not just an intellectual level. You'll hear from Alessandro in a few minutes, but I can say that he has rated BVS as a 10 out of 10 using a realistic rating scale. 10 doesn't necessarily have to mean perfect, it just means the very top end of what we can expect from films. So for Alessandro it's a 10, and he says that there is so much in this movie to be found, an endless supply of content. It does a phenomenal job at tying together different storylines to create an elegant new one with real world implications. It portrays these known characters in a new and original way. The music is appropriate and grand, and the cinematography is breathtaking, and it visually captures the comic imagery, as is typical of Snyder. But this movie, for me, means so much more than a numerical score can communicate. I love movies that I can dig into and analyze, and as you can tell from this podcast, BVS gave me lots of that, and it really rewarded me the further I looked. A lot of movies can fall flat when you try to trace the themes or the deeper meanings, but BVS stands up amazingly well to the kind of analysis that I like to do, character arcs, themes, and connections of meaning, uh, with a little dose of filmmaking technique. And we have dug into BVS a lot. This has been one full year, with 47 episodes just on BVS. And Alessandro joined me just in time for the really good stuff. He started on the scene that was the meeting between Lex and Senator Finch. And I knew that I had recruited the right collaborator when I saw Alessandro's first email subject line to me, which was, Ahoy hoy. Altogether, the BVS analysis is 218,000 words, which is about the length of Dostoevsky's Crime and Punishment, and it's actually 20,000 words longer than Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. We have just over 24 recorded hours analyzing this movie, plus multiple hours talking about it with friends and family members and coworkers. If you've made it this far along with us, you've dedicated many hours into appreciating this movie as well, and hopefully you have found that time to be well spent. So why is it that I love this movie so much? What has motivated me to keep delving into this story and this piece of art? Well, there are a lot of things, but I'm going to try to boil it down into five main aspects. First, I love and empathize with Superman in this movie, more so than I have for any other Superman story, and I was a Superman fan even before Man of Steel. Second, I thought it was a very profound exploration of the psychology of Bruce Wayne and Batman. Third, I was absolutely fascinated by Lex Luthor as the villain in this movie. Fourth, I think the women in the movie were presented in a respectful light, 
which is not always the case in blockbuster films that are targeted uh, at fairly young male audiences. And as part of this, I think Wonder Woman was introduced in a really intriguing and exhilarating way. And fifth, it amazes me that all of the character development and thematic depth occurs together with iconic visuals, great action, and a magnificent musical score. I'm just going to say a few words about each of those points, and then I'll turn it over to Alessandro and the listeners. So with regard to Superman, I just really felt for him every step of the way along his emotional journey throughout this movie. The montage was amazing and raised lots of realistic questions about the role of power in our world. And then to see Clark sitting there and watching it and just trying to process it all just really hit me. And then the Capitol tragedy with Lex robbing him of his chance to speak, ruining Superman's new effort to try to open up dialogue. And Finch said that good is a conversation, but Lex won't let that conversation happen. And then my heart just broke when I saw Superman inside the fireball, feeling powerless because it's unclear how to operate in a world that can be so cruel and unpredictable. Then there's the scene with Jonathan Kent, I miss you too, Dad, and the nuclear blast, and finally his ultimate sacrifice that get me every time. I also really like that Superman's arc in BVS is a continuation of his story in Man of Steel. As I've said before, Man of Steel is largely about Superman choosing to side with Earth, and now BVS is a story about whether humanity will choose to side with Superman. They eventually do, uh, but of course not until they see his sacrifice and understand his purity of heart. And speaking of heart, people have accused Superman of not having heart in these Justice League Universe films thus far. But I think those people are confusing heart with charisma and charm. Sure, he's not going to light up a room with his verbal quips, and he doesn't soak up the limelight when he's doing his superheroics. But his heart is huge. He takes every criticism and reaction to heart, and he always has a desire to help those he sees in need. He just does it in a reserved and sort of introverted way. He also, I think, shows a lot of heart through his love of Lois and Martha, and I appreciate how the relationship between Clark and Lois is largely about an unspoken connection that they have, rather than verbose announcements of their affection. This movie also shows how you can have a really great Superman story, even though he is very powerful and he is kind of an idealized hero. The conflict here does not come from, oh, will he be able to save the girl from the burning building? Or will he be able to save Lois before she hits the ground? That kind of tension doesn't work very well because we know Superman will always save the day in those cases. Instead, what BVS does is it shows that Superman's real challenge is in dealing with what comes after he saves the girl or after he saves Lois. It is all the repercussions that follow from acting in the world, especially if you are someone with power. Your actions have unintended consequences and your actions, when they're public, will be met with lots of different reactions from other people. We live in a very divided time right now, and that division amongst our society was shown in BVS as people adored and also protested Superman, as people worked behind the scenes to try to undermine him or see if they could leverage their own position by playing off a media narrative against Superman. By placing Superman in a realistic world, continuing from where they started in tone with Man of Steel, the filmmakers have explored the boundaries of Superman's power. Not by making him lift an even bigger rock or making him fly even faster, but by looking at the fact that Superman's power does not extend to other people's responses to him. He has no control over that, and when he sees the negativity, it hurts him a lot because he is just trying to do the right thing. BVS explores that question of how does Superman balance that tension? How does he continue being Superman even if part of the world is asking him to stop? As Senator Finch said, a democratic government rules by the consent of the governed. So if the people no longer give their consent, 
then the government ceases to be legitimate. If people don't want Superman to continue, if they can't trust him, or if Superman doesn't trust himself because of unintended consequences, or because he doesn't fathom the depravity of some people, then how does he go on? The great thing about BVS is that it asks these questions, and you can take Superman to be an analogy for U.S. global supremacy or things like that, but the movie not only asks the questions, but it provides the answer, too. Superman does find a way to go forward and still be Superman. He carries out a sacrificial act that can only be seen as a benevolent one. And by his example, he inspires others, which is a great reason to still do good deeds even when it's difficult. Alright, my next reason for loving this movie is the way they handled Bruce Wayne and Batman. The filmmakers were brave enough to take him to a new place cinematically. They explored some of the very real damage that is always there, either implicitly or explicitly, in this character. I think it was great to set this later in Batman's career, because then you can have the contrast of Superman still trying to establish himself in the world, and a Batman who's been around for a long time and is cynical of the world. Superman is dealing with becoming a public figure who is accountable to the media and the public in new ways, whereas Batman is a sort of underground legend who operates by his own rules. Many audience members are fixated on Batman's no-kill rule. But in my opinion, any rule is just begging creators to explore its boundaries and limits. So with BVS, we get the great scenes of Bruce in the Battle of Metropolis, and we see him running in vain into the cloud of debris. And this feeling of powerlessness sets him off on a dark path where he is lying to Alfred and even lying to himself. And this dark path leads to new rules, as Alfred observes. We see Batman's brutality, and that is uncomfortable to watch at times. But that is the point, and it is for the purpose of his character arc. It has to be well-earned for him to be redeemed in the end, and for him to rededicate himself to a purpose in his life as Batman. I absolutely love that the Batman-Superman fight did not just come to a resolution physically, it brought things to the lowest point, to rock bottom, where Batman had to go so that he could pull out of his spiral of vengeance and powerlessness. I personally love the Martha moment in that fight, and after I had seen the movie a few times and came to understand Bruce's true arc, it actually became a very emotional moment for me. The last thing I'll say about Batman is that, just from a purely action-oriented perspective, the warehouse fight scene is pretty great, and it makes good use of Batman's gadgets, and it was designed really well for this bigger, more powerful Batman. Alright, number three is my fascination with the character of Lex Luthor in this movie. I don't want to go into it too much here because I'll just get carried away, but if you've listened to our episode on the meeting between Senator Finch and Lex, or uh, the big one, the helipad scene, you'll be able to hear my appreciation for all the nuances in the character of Lex. I love Jesse Eisenberg's idiosyncratic performance, and I love the synergy between Terrio's dialogue and Eisenberg's delivery. I also thought it was great to have Lex be the villain as a sort of representative of humanity, and how man might respond negatively to a godlike figure hovering over him. I love how Lex is a master manipulator, and I like it how the idea that he is the smartest guy on the planet also means that he's smarter than a lot of the audience members watching the movie. So much so that many people couldn't even put together all the elements of his plans and his backup plans. I also liked how Lex paralleled Bruce. They both are powerful men and they're similar in a lot of ways, and in this movie they're both dealing with powerlessness in the face of Superman's arrival. And they're both going down negative paths, but Bruce pulls himself out and Lex continues off the edge of his. Uh, but coming into BVS, for me personally, the Joker from The Dark Knight had been my favorite comic book movie villain. And actually, the Joker stayed my favorite villain even for a few months uh, into April and May after BVS was released. But then, as I went through BVS on this podcast, 
I couldn't believe all the amazing things tucked away in Lex's dialogue and all the great ideas about philosophy and religious mythology that his character brought up. So now Lex Luthor in BVS actually stands as my favorite comic book movie villain. A fourth reason that I love BVS is that, in my opinion, it treats its female characters very well. Lois is the rock for Superman, and she provides emotional support for him, but also works tirelessly to protect him from the slings and arrows from society. Lois is also the one who puts together the case against Lex. And the other person who sees through Lex is Senator Finch, while the male senator just eats out of Lex's hand. And then, of course, there is Diana, who shows up Bruce Wayne on multiple occasions, but doesn't rub it in. She just walks confidently in her own skin and tells him that the data drive is already back in his glove box. Diana doesn't get dragged into the ego battles between the men, uh, but when she's needed as Wonder Woman, she drops in and takes the fight to Doomsday. It's a great cinematic moment when she arrives and she saves Batman's life, and I love how BVS planted some seeds of intrigue that will sprout in her solo film later this year. And speaking of Wonder Woman, I love her musical theme. And in fact, my fifth reason for loving the film is the music and the visuals and all the other elements that come together in this movie to accompany the great themes and character arcs. There are so many beautiful shots in this movie, and the action is amazing. Even though I wouldn't call it an action movie per se, I'd actually call it a philosophical drama or a revenge tragedy with action elements. But it's amazing to me that even apart from all the analysis we do in this movie, there are sequences where you can just sit back and take in the kinetic energy, like the Batman-Superman fight, Batman's warehouse scene, or the Trinity battle. And all of this is accompanied by a brilliant musical score. The Superman themes from Man of Steel are used so well, but we also get the brutally pounding Batman theme and the hauntingly tragic Beautiful Lie. And then, of course, the Wonder Woman theme that I already mentioned, which is the perfect accompaniment for the battle with Doomsday. Oh, and I should have said earlier that I really liked Doomsday as a pairing with Lex Luthor. But I could go on and on, so let me just step aside for a bit so we can hear from Alessandro. I think it's pretty clear at this point my opinion of Dawn of Justice is that it's nothing short of a masterpiece. It extravagantly blends some of the best works in DC Comics to tell a new and interesting story while honoring those works. Incorporated into the story is everything from Death of Superman to Death in the Family to Superman Birthright to Superman Earth One series, The Dark Knight Returns, Injustice, Trinity, and even the DC Crises. The film is filled with theological, literary, and historical references, themes, and motifs. There are touches of Jewish, Catholic, Greek, and ancient Egyptian religions. There are elements of Lolita, Frankenstein, Wizard of Oz, Moby Dick... Dante's Divine Comedy, and Milton's Paradise Lost. We can see references to Alexander the Great, Michelangelo's Pietà, the error of Superman's creation, and World Wars 1 and 2. And that's not even everything. I'm sure even more will be discovered down the road, with time. The film is deep and compelling and doesn't hold your hand, which I feel is incredibly important. It does a fantastic job at following up Man of Steel and leading us into a third film without a cliffhanger. It had me from the first minutes in which I relived my memories of the 9-11 tragedy as I watched the destruction of Metropolis from the ground, to the final scenes when we see a bald Lex Luthor come to fruition and warn of an impending dark side attack. Superman in this film is a conflicted hero who, in a way, suffers from a similar plight as his rival Lex Luthor. Both feel powerless to effect a change, whether it be to inspire an ideal worth striving for, or to enlighten humanity of the threat posed by super beings. They are two sides of the same coin. 
This conflicted Superman is reminiscent of some of the best Superman stories in which he finds himself in a political or social predicament, not one that he could simply overpower physically. These include, among many, Superman Earth 1 Volume 2 and even Kingdom Come in which he plays the strong, soft-spoken hero facing a world that won't or can't listen to him. But a hero is only as good as his villain. And what I feel really makes this movie shine is the character Lex Luthor. He is an utter genius who formulates a brilliant plan. He sees the metahuman threat among us and wants the world to see that threat and eliminate it. Superman, already being in the eye of the public, is the perfect candidate to play the scapegoat. Lex set out to prove that even Superman, with all his power, when faced with a choice between a selfless act or a self-serving interest, would inevitably choose his own interests. He attempts to show this by pitting Superman against Batman. But the brilliance of orchestrating this bout is that it's a win-win scenario for him. If Batman defeats Superman, then the already discredited God dies. This, of course, is the ideal scenario. Lex could then work with Batman to eliminate the other metahumans. However, if Superman defeats Batman, inadvertently killing the wealthy philanthropist Bruce Wayne, then he would have the support of the world to eliminate Superman, a feat he intended to do using Doomsday. Now, I've made mention several times in our podcast of my interpretation regarding Lex Luthor's expectation that he would have control over Doomsday. And I'd just like to take a minute here just to add in my final word on the movie a reiteration of those sentiments. I personally feel, given the information presented to us, the audience, through various sources, that it, it at least to me, is pretty clear-cut that Lex believed he would control Doomsday. And I say this for several reasons. Lex begins growing Doomsday once the Kryptonite is stolen, confirming Batman is on track to fight the Man of Steel. Not only does creating Doomsday make sense as a backup plan in the outcome that Batman fails to kill Superman, but through all his narcissism, it only makes sense that he would have such hubris as to believe he could control the un uncontrollable. The question that we have continued to pose throughout our analysis is, is it plausible in that situation that the character would have done what he or she did? Lex isn't simply the smartest man in the room, he also knows he's the smartest man in the room. It is therefore plausible for him to believe that he could do anything better, succeed where others have failed, and do the impossible. After all, he doesn't know how to lose. It falls in line with various stories the movie borrows from, including Frankenstein and the Doomsday Origin story. In fact, in Doomsday's origin, Bertrand, the scientist that created Doomsday, believes he will control Doomsday to his own end but ultimately he is killed by his own creation. In the Man of Steel bonus material, there is a particular reference to this in the words, Beware Bertrand's curse, for he is named Doomsday. In the Lex Luthor featurette found on the Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice home release, we see unused footage of Lex saying, Obeys only me, in reference to Doomsday. All this mounting evidence, including Lex's self-serving motives throughout the film, suggests that he did in fact believe he would control Doomsday. The suggestion being that Lex suffers from Bertrand's curse, the curse of believing he could control the abomination that he created. Lex is a victim of his own mind. He is too smart for his own good, which makes him mad at times. The helipad scene is epic. It ties everything together and reveals that Lex was the mastermind behind it all, framing Superman and Naomi and the capital bombing and fueling Batman's rage and manipulating him into killing Superman. All the cards are on the table as Lex secures his position as Prometheus in this story, and we discover how deep his brilliant mind is, right down to knowing Superman's identity. 
In Greek mythology, Prometheus was punished by Zeus for enlightening humankind and preventing him from destroying them. Lex sees himself as Prometheus trying to enlighten humankind and prevent Superman as Zeus from destroying man. He tries to make humanity see the knowledge he already possesses regarding metahumans, that they can't be all good, meaning they pose a threat to humans, but he feels powerless to do so, which is why he feels the contradiction in knowledge is power. Twice Lex makes reference to dictators. In combination with the future injustice vision, we can see that Lex is trying to prevent a future where metahumans rule over humans. At the very least, they threaten his world in which he has the power and control. What makes this movie even more amazing is that they somehow managed to pull off the Death of Superman story. It is something I always wanted to see in a live action movie, and I was not disappointed. I certainly did not expect Superman to die, and it was a pleasant surprise. It made the movie all the more gratifying for me, especially because I certainly didn't expect it to happen even though I knew Doomsday was in the movie. Basically, I love Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice because of its smart story, intricate plot, terrific incorporation of characters, and implementation of story arcs that I cherish. So those are some of our thoughts looking back across Batman v Superman as a whole. We also asked you to send in your personal reasons why you love the movie. So we want to share those. We're going to start with the gentleman from the Suicide Squadcast. And we've said it before, but we'll say it again. The Suicide Squadcast is the best podcast with regard to keeping up on DC movie news. There are tons of websites and podcasts and YouTube channels that react to every little headline or marketing development, and they spread wild speculation or clickbait stories. In this frustrating media environment, which Clay Enos talked about in our interview, we try to do our part by focusing on the artwork itself. And the Suicide Squadcast does their part by bringing a very level-headed approach to the news, with a good dose of positivity toward what DC is doing on the big and small screen. So here are the two hosts of the Suicide Squadcast on why they love BVS. Scott and then Tim. Hey, Sam and Alessandro with the Justice League Podcast. This is Scott from the Suicide Squadcast. Um, chiming in with my little thoughts about what makes BVS such a wonderful movie. Now, I'm not quite as analytical as you guys tend to be. I tend to like to go into a movie for an experience. Stories, characters, the emotional impact. I will admit that the amount of analysis that you guys do, I don't really do till maybe later on. But I have to speak about seeing this movie in the theater the emotional reactions. As a child of the 80s and 90s, I've been part of the DC animated universe since day one with Batman the Animated Series. And being able to see the Trinity, getting to see Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman all on screen at the same time was an absolute joy. And for each character to just have moments that to this day I will rewatch over and over again. The warehouse fight with Batman, the single greatest fight scene Batman's had on film. The this is my world, you are my world moment with Superman that will make me cry every time I see it. And of course, the, the, the epic is she with you entrance of Wonder Woman that I still remember on March 24th throwing my arms up in the air and going woohoo when that happened. For all of this... For all of the story and depth and emotions that are included in Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, this is why this movie stands out as one of my favorite 
comic book movies of all time. And I want to thank you guys for the opportunity to share these thoughts on your show. And please keep up the good work. Hey, Sam and Alessandro. This is Tim Yoko from the Suicide Squadcast. Thanks for giving me a chance to talk about a movie that I love so much. I mean, there are a lot of different scenes in this film that just make me love it. You can start with the tragically beautiful and just heart-wrenching scene, the opening of the film, where we see the death of young Bruce Wayne's parents and, and really also the birth of Batman. It's such a touching, beautiful scene in such a tragic way. I think about that one all the time. I also think about that frenetic worm's eye view of the destruction of Metropolis, you know, as we see Superman battling back against Zod, trying to save the planet. And and it's just such an intense, emotion-filled scene, especially when we see the destruction of the Wayne building and the young girl who lost her mother. And I love the connection we have between Clark and Lois Lane. The bathtub scene, where we see Clark is having a lot of internal struggles about what it means to be someone that has all these immense powers and what that responsibility entails. And, and of course, Lois struggling with having a relationship with somebody and her afraid that that relationship is compromising what he needs to do. Such an emotional scene. Of course, the Batman warehouse scene is, to me, the definitive Batman scene. that We've never seen Batman quite like that. It was every bit that I had ever hoped for. The You Are My World scene with Superman right before he gave up the ultimate sacrifice. And then, of course, the one that I really enjoy so much is that montage of Lex Luthor manipulating the center to get access to the scout ship and to Zod's body. We get the incredible introduction of the Lex Luthor theme when he steps into that containment area. And it really ends with a scene that I just think about all the time. And it's where he is with the senator and he realizes that he's got the upper hand and he's able to get everything he wants. That's the moment that Lex knows he has control. And to accentuate it, he pulls out a cherry Jolly Rancher and he very inappropriately just pushes it in the senator's mouth and says, it's cherry. That to me is one of the greatest Lex Luthor moments that I've ever seen. It to me was showing that he had complete domination of that senator at that moment. So anyway, out of all the different scenes, this is just one that I wanted to highlight. Thanks a lot, guys, and keep up the great analysis that you guys are doing. Next up, we want to share an email that we got from Nick, who goes by I'm Batman Man 39 on YouTube. He sent in the following. This is just one of the many reasons as to why I love Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, Batman's redemption, and the infamous Martha moment. I find it really baffling how people can't see the beauty in that moment. While most people go ahead and hate on that scene and say it's just about their mothers having the same name, I see Batman realizing that Superman's mother was in serious trouble and thinking about going right back to the reason he started fighting crime in the first place, and that is to fight the same evil that took not only his mother but his father away from him. Batman does not want Superman to feel the same pain and tragedy that Bruce felt when he was just a young little boy. Which brings me to my next point. Uh, Nick's next point, that is. Now that Bruce has grown up and is no longer powerless, he now has the chance to save another mother named Martha. So he sees Clark's mother, Martha, as his own for a brief time. Which is why he pulled no punches in the epic warehouse sequence. Wouldn't you do whatever you could in your power to save your own mother from getting killed by a bunch of thugs? I know I would. Furthermore, I researched Zack Snyder's personal life, and I came across his mother's name, Marsha. His mother's name is Marsha, and she sadly passed away in 2010. Zack has also stated in the past, and more recently, at the UK Batman v Superman premiere, that his hero growing up was his mother. So the Martha scene is like a love letter to his mother, which I think is just beautiful. Overall, I love this movie and rate it a 9.5 out of 10. I love what Zack Snyder and his remarkable team give us, and I cannot wait for Batman's redemption arc to conclude, and of course Superman's amazing arc to conclude also in Justice League. So that's the email from Nick, and we will put a link in the show notes to the premiere where Zach talked about his mother. Next up, we have David and then Doc Awkward from the Man of Steel Answers podcast. 
Hello, Sam and Alexandro. This is David W, aka Vermouth1991. It's always been a privilege to listen to shows like yours, and I'm very excited to have this opportunity to chime into this wonderful podcast. The biggest thing I love about Dawn of Justice is the overall world building, how detailed and connected everything is, considering we're only two films in, and furthermore, how the characters were affected by and behaved in such a universe. It was a realistic, cynical, and unforgiving world. But that didn't stop our main characters from persevering, and in the end, they still made a big difference, which is a very uplifting message to send. And if you think that was a little too broad, there is in fact one specific thing I liked about BVS, and possibly no one else will be pointing this one out. It's the opening credits. Oh, I know many people have waxed lyrical about the opening credits sequence, but I like to talk about the way the opening credits per se were being displayed. Especially the title itself. Usually in films, when we have opening credits playing through the opening scene, the title would get central stage treatment, even if the other stuff gets relegated to corners of the screen. A good example of that would be Batman Forever. But no, for this film, even Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice Ultimate Edition, it blended quietly into the shot that it appeared in. For such an operatic film, the credit placement was very subdued, and to me, it made everything else all the more poignant. Thank you. Love your show. Hope it will last. This is Doc from Man of Steel Answers, and the main reason that I love BVS is that it is a big budget, beautiful blockbuster that took Superman super seriously on screen in terms of psychology, society, science, and so on. I love that BVS was ambitious and allowed for ambiguity, supporting all sorts of interesting perspectives, observations, and breakdowns for the fans who want their four color heroes to sometimes be expressed in art for adults. Authentic and complex relationships, realistic. Dilemmas and significant themes. It's referential and literary, and it takes itself seriously in a way that I've wanted to see the Godfather of superheroes expressed my entire life. It isn't for everyone, and that's okay on occasion. Sometimes we need outliers to push the boundaries. However, reasonable minds will differ, and whatever the criticisms, there's enough there that it can be incredibly rewarding to analyze BVS well beyond the typical superhero film, and I love that. A year out, and I feel like many are still just scratching the surface, and it's amazing that a superhero film would attempt that, much less succeed in so many respects. It's designed to be studied, chewed on, and I'm looking. Forwards to enjoying it more and more each time we learn something new. Thanks to the Justice League Universe podcast for helping us peel back the layers and appreciate this film. By the way, we are at JLU Podcast on Twitter, and people also tweeted us some of their reasons for loving BVS. Mohammed Tabo Seven said, "It gathers hope with fear and power with weaknesses. It's dark, and that's what I like about it the most. It starts the DCU." Nick Begovich said. I just love that someone took comics so seriously and really took the effort to do them justice. Random Vachara wrote, "Well, just simply, Batman v Superman is a work of pure art in terms of visuals, music, thematic depth, and hero's redemption." And also, Slayer Three sent us the following message: "BVS is a well-developed, character-driven revenge tragedy with a twist that explores and addresses several complex, universal, and socially and politically relevant themes. That gives you more and more to discover with every viewing. The film is gorgeous too, with breathtaking high-contrast cinematography by Larry Fong. The film is a must-watch that the public can learn much from, especially in the American social and political atmosphere currently." So that's from Slayer Three, and now we have some more audio submissions. Next up are Mark and Nate from the DCEU Cinematic Minute podcast. 
And by the way, you can hear myself and Alessandro as guests on the DCEU Cinematic Minute podcast starting this week and then also next week, where we join them to analyze Man of Steel. So check that out when you get a chance. And after we hear from Mark and Nate, we are also going to get some thoughts from another listener named David. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Nathan. From DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze the films within the DC Cinematic Universe one individual minute at a time. And we believe Dawn of Justice is an amazing film because it's a hyper-realistic view of how we, as a society, would react to the presence of these superpowered beings. Yeah, and I think this film is an engaging story that allows us to see the growth and development of these classic characters. Right now on our podcast, we're currently covering Man of Steel minute by minute, but looking forward, we are so excited to cover Dawn of Justice, and personally, I'm a huge fan of the dichotomy between the two characters of Batman and Superman, and how their actions affect the rest of the entire DC Cinematic Universe. Yeah, personally, I like seeing the progression of Kal-El as a character in this film, and I also really like the intricacy of Lex Luthor's plan, and then ultimately the the finale with Superman's sacrifice. I love how Batman is able to redeem himself because of Superman's actions. Hi, my name is David. An element of Batman vs. Superman that I love and I find fascinating is that the movie is essentially an origin story for all of its main characters. Superman is still trying to define his purpose in the world and what he should do with his powers. Batman has lost his way after years of fighting and losing loved ones. He is no longer the ideal version of himself that he once was. Wonder Woman has lost her faith in mankind after witnessing the horrors of war and she is not the hero she once strived to be either. Lex Luthor is not a fully formed villain yet. He is still a child playing with human lives as if they were toys and living in his father's shadow. All of the characters are in a dark place and they don't know who they're supposed to be. It is only after Superman's sacrifice do the characters begin to fall into their destinies. Superman finally becomes a symbol of hope. Batman stops himself from branding Lex and seeks others' help in his mission to be better. Wonder Woman takes the first step by coming back into man's world and is willing to find others like her with Batman's help. Lex is alone in prison, with his iconic bald head plotting for the future and growing more sinister every day. The best part about this movie is that it isn't over. These character stories are not done. They are still growing, and by the time Justice League arrives, these characters will be different as they are on the path to becoming the heroes and villains we know they can be. Thank you. So, speaking of the major characters, we have thoughts from listeners about Clark, Lex, and Bruce. First, for Clark, we have an email from Angelo Mugisa. I like many things about BVS. To me, it is beautiful art, deep, referential to other works, great score, character arcs, and more. But my favorite one is the choice of portraying the character of Superman as a humble introvert in this universe. A part of me accepts that maybe I just love movies where emotion is shown through the face or body language of the actor, and less is said by the character being portrayed, almost like a silent movie like Ben Wieshaw's performance in Perfume, The Story of a Murderer, or Hugh Jackman's The Fountain. And that is why I like Henry's reticent and pensive character portrayal. I also think a humble take on such a powerful hero, both as Clark or Cal, is a breath of fresh air and also fascinating and intriguing. I think those who criticize this Superman probably can't reconcile his power with his humility. Most are bewildered by the approach to the character, not because it is out of character, but because it is sort of counterintuitive to human nature, which is why Jesus is a fascinating figure to both believers and agnostics. In short, many believe, or at least expect, if Superman were real, he would not try to play down or hide his powers or never use his status to directly shape human destiny. This is exactly what Jesus' followers thought during his time. He was humble and almost inconspicuous, contrary to what humanity expected of God. 
I feel like this is playing out with Superman fans too. They just can't comprehend their hero being so humble, which is different from purposeful clumsiness to pass for normal of the Reeve era. Most of the criticism I've heard is Superman is too silent or pensive, because people assume that with his power, somehow his words or posturing would garner more respect or would sway people. But that conflates selfless heroism with obligation. Where folks want more photo ops, smiling, and explaining away the heroics with something hollow like, I'm just doing my job. Such quipping only takes away from the character, who is reduced from a true hero to a public servant. This is why I'd rather have him not take any credit or explain his heroism. Actions speak louder than words, and Zack absolutely made this the crux of the film. Superman placating everyone with an answer is not only impossible, because Superman cannot give a reason how, why, when he chooses to intervene or not to. More importantly, such a debate is stifling to the nature of heroism, which is why I liked the fact that he did not speak in the Capitol scene. You can also see the confusion and frustration of Clark when he sees this debate on TV while on the couch. There is no right answer to the questions. For example, we can question, what is the right thing to do? But can we really question, why do the right thing? In this film, Superman does the right thing because he can and wants to, while Finch puts the caveat, allowed to. If Superman acts only when allowed by a third party, will he still be a hero? Will he still be super? Anyway, that is a separate debate, but Zack was smart enough to let the viewers pose that question to themselves. Martha actually makes an argument not for humanity, but for her son, without Cal stating it. She says he's no real threat. He can do what humans cannot, but he is not obligated to be humanity's hero. I really like Zack's approach of introducing Superman that starts out as an outcast, only really loved and appreciated by his parents. He knows he is different and then goes on a walkabout trying to seek the truth about his heritage. When he does get the answers, he revels a little in finally accepting his identity as an alien, as shown by the first flight in Man of Steel. But events of the BZE do not let him fully enjoy this newfound sense of belonging to Krypton and to Earth, the latter highlighted in BVS. Yes, Superman in this film is a hero, and he is adored by many, but mistrusted and feared almost as much. The movie excellently shows you a spectrum of feelings towards Superman. There are those who adore Superman, Lois, those who trust Superman, Swanwick, those who fear Superman, Bruce, and those who hate Superman, Lex. I think many of the critics have some cognitive dissonance because they claim to like Superman, but the film shows many people mistrusting or hating Superman. Which doesn't mean that if Superman smiled more, the Earth would return the favor, but it is a very realistic portrayal of the myriad human reactions to a being like Superman if he were real. I am certain most of the world would not trust and welcome him with open arms, no matter how much he smiled, but they would fear that he has an agenda, or at least try to use him in a Machiavellian way. It is just the way we are. Anyway, even more special for me is Clark's perception of himself. He actually does not think he is more entitled to anything by virtue of saving the world. He speaks out for the needy and poor in the Daily Planet. He truly is a selfless and humble person who does not showboat or seek adulation or celebrity. And Zack, again, does not shy away from showing us what a being of power could turn out to be like if he wasn't so humble, if he succumbed to his base instincts. This makes Clark's humility all the more significant with power and powerlessness being such a constant theme in the film. I guess I'll just say that the critics of this film actually want make-believe, not realism. Because all the complaints that Superman is emo or sulking are first of all wrong, because he is not emo, he is contemplative. And he is not sulking, he is reticent. It is not like he never smiles, he does. But he is honest enough not to revel in the heroics for a selfish rush or kick or try to hide his struggle with human expectation with perfunctory gestures or smiles. We must remember a hopeful, happy Superman at all times faces two contradictions. 
Either Superman is so positive in the face of despair, rejection, xenophobia, that it would be disingenuous, or humanity is so trusting, loving, and embracing of him that he has no room for a full range of human emotions. He wouldn't be able to feel vulnerable, doubtful, conflicted, or, put simply, he'd be so stepford that it is ridiculous. All right, so those are the thoughts from Angelo about Clark's character. Thanks for that. And I think with that, we can definitely put to rest all those complaints that Superman had no character development in Dawn of Justice. He was just a sad character with very few lines. Uh, But look at what we've been able to see in the character arc. So it's there for us if we're willing to see it. Now let's go to Matthew Rocca for his thoughts on Lex, and then Sydney at WonderSid on Twitter, for her thoughts on Bruce. Hi, my name is Matthew Rocca. And one of my favorite aspects of Batman vs. Superman was their depiction of Lex Luthor in the film. I love that this version of the character mixed various different versions from the comic books. As a huge fan of Luthor from the comics, I was incredibly excited to see what they would do with this character. And uh, I loved, as I was watching the film, I was seeing Birthright Lex, who was very quirky and isolated because of his genius. And I also saw the original... Uh, very first depiction of Lex Luthor as a mad scientist, which is something we've never really seen um, in the movie versions of Luthor before. Uh, so I was really excited to see that, and the hair was just great. It really, um, the hair really uh, was a great nod to the comics. The long red hair and how he loses it in the film uh, was just a stroke of genius. I loved Eisenberg's portrayal, I loved the quirkiness, and I understand why it's very different than what most fans are used to, but I think that's good because it shook things up, it made things different, and it still stayed true to the original layers and motivations of the character from the film. He was just a little more psychotic than we're used to. But that is a three-syllable word for any thought too big for little minds. Ding 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 My name is Sydney, also known as Wondersid on Twitter, and my favorite part of Batman v Superman, what really stuck with me, was how flawed Bruce Wayne is as a character. He's depressed and obsessed to the point that becoming a vigilante and fighting an impossible war on crime, and now on Superman, is the only way he knows how to deal with the world. The tragedy of Batman's origin and the darkness that blooms in his character as a result is so compelling, and it's a joy to see it brought to life on screen so accurately to the comics. Zack Snyder and Chris Terrio brilliantly portrayed Batman's obsession and anger over his own powerlessness. He's almost a villain for most of the story, but like all villains, he doesn't see himself that way. His 1% doctrine argument against Superman seems logical to him, mirroring real-world post-9-11 fears of foreigners, and is ultimately shown to be wrong. There's so much thematic material to unpack in this film, but those real-world parallels are the most thought-provoking to me. It's painful to see one of my favorite fictional characters go to such a dark place, but it makes his return to the light at the end of the film so much more inspiring. And he's Batman, a dark place is his natural habitat. This portrayal is pitch perfect, and Ben Affleck nailed it. Thanks, Matthew and Sydney. Casper Richter, one of our most active listeners from YouTube, submitted the following. 
I love DC BVS because it is a retelling of the world mythology, retold in our modern world, connected to the world's former legends, magic, and stories. Today, the hero we all will be. But in fact, in ancient mythology, a hero is the one who has to suffer so that others can live. Superman and Heracles are probably the only incarnations of heroes fully complying with that principle to this day, while we constantly overlook it. I see the DC characters much as characters from Greek mythology. Superman is Heracles, a demigod whose people would not help or agree fully with him among them. He has enormous powers, carries lion pelt as a cape, and eventually dies. Batman is Odysseus, king and loyal to his kingdom of Ithaca, Gotham. Of all the heroes, he was only a human. He needed help from the gods, but often outdid them by being smarter than his enemy. He is the weakest, but also in his own way the most deadly. Wonder Woman is Penthesilea, daughter of Orithia and Ares. She was known for her bravery, skill here in weapons, and her wisdom. During a hunt, she killed her sister, Hippolyte II. She was so filled with grief that she set out for Troy, but Achilles retook it. Penthesilea's Amazon fought for Troy again. Since she was the daughter of Ares, the god of war, she killed many warriors in Troy. Her name means compelling but to mourn. Lex is somehow Loki in Norse mythology, not the Loki from Marvel, no, but the more evil Loki from the real legends. Only Loki was not amused, instead he was mad with jealousy because of Baldur's popularity, and blamed God for it. Martha is the goddess Isis from Egypt. She brought up her son, the sun god Horos, who is an inspiration for the later story of Mary and Jesus. Lois is Psyche, the woman who fell in love with the god Eros and later shared her life with him. Anatoly Knaezev is Achilles, the bloody warrior who only thinks about his own glory and will kill anyone who gets in the way of his orders by his leader. He is later killed by an arrow, illustrating by Batman's way of killing him with one shot. So thanks, Casper. Patrick Morris added on to Casper's idea, saying, Don't forget Hercules only died on Earth because he was poisoned by the blood of his enemy Nessus, who tried to harm Hercules' lover. Superman died here, killed by Doomsday, made with the blood of his enemy Lex Luthor, who also tried to harm his lover Lois Lane. Next up, we will hear from another Patrick, Patrick McKnight. And then after him will be Rebecca Johnson, the host of Supergirl Radio, which is a great podcast for any fans of the CW TV show. And Rebecca is a big defender of BVS on Twitter, going by the handle uh, at DerbyKid. And after Rebecca will be Jean Carlos Miranda. In my opinion... Batman vs. Superman Ultimate Edition is a masterpiece. Just to see the Trinity on screen together made it epic for me. One of my reasons for liking the movie so much is its complexity of storytelling and seriousness. How do the Trinity meet for the first time? How do they react to each other? And do they really know each other's identity? This is about when each member of the Trinity learned each other's identity. I could be wrong, but I think Clark Kent first learned of Batman's identity at Lex Luthor's party when he eavesdropped on his conversation, which was obvious. That is why Clark took the opportunity to question Bruce on Batman's vigilante ways, because he knew that he was talking to Batman. I think Batman first learned about who Clark was after Superman's death. Batman, Wonder Woman, and Lois had to claim and get rid of Superman's body before the authorities rushed to the scene and attempt to preserve Clark's identity. We never got to see that, but we can only imagine how Clark got home to Kansas. The government didn't know where Superman's body was. That is why they had an empty coffin. 
Wonder Woman already knew Batman was Bruce Wayne from the beginning. Why did she target him at Lex's party? She must have known he was Batman and the greatest detective on Earth. To presume he was going to plan a device to steal Lex's technology and then watches every move only to steal the technology from Bruce. It makes sense. I think Wonder Woman learned about Superman's identity after his death the same time when Batman first learned. Question is, how did Clark's body secretly get from where Doomsday died to Kansas? We know that Batman's plane was destroyed. We are only left to speculate, use our imagination to fill in the blanks. Small plot holes like this is one reason why some fans did not enjoy the movie. This is why I love the movie. It's the best comic book movie I've ever seen. Hi, JLU Podcast. This is Rebecca Johnson of Supergirl Radio, and I heard you were doing a Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice tribute episode, so I thought I'd send in some thoughts about why I love the movie. When I think about BVS, my mind immediately jumps to visuals and shot composition. There's a reason why movies are sometimes called motion pictures. They are a visual medium. And for me, Zack Snyder and Larry Fong are some of the best in the business. From the haunting opening sequence of the Wayne murders, which genuinely took my breath away when I first saw it, to the final act's two poignant funerals juxtaposed to demonstrate the importance of Superman and Clark Kent's effect on the world and those around him. I envy each frame because I wish I had shot them myself. Another reason that I respect and love Batman v Superman is because it's a challenging film. It dares to be different. It requires me to think. And it pushes me to learn. BVS doesn't just settle for being a superhero popcorn flick. It uses Lex Luthor to present his case to me about the problem of evil. It led me to learn about revenge tragedies. It introduced me to Christopher Wren. Even trying to piece together the recurring use of horses in times of tragedy caused me to dig into Revelation 6-8 and Johnny Cash. I could talk about how, as a Christian, it was refreshing to see someone take my faith seriously by recreating the descent from the cross. I could talk about how much I love that Bruce Wayne's character arc is based in redemption and catharsis. I could talk about how delighted I am that my favorite comic book character is referred to as the key. I could talk about countless reasons why I love Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, but I might be here all day. So I think I'll wrap up by saying that BVS inspires me. Whether it's Superman's humble and noble sacrifice, Lois's search for the truth, Diana choosing to take action, or Bruce's optimistic reflections on mankind, I am reminded that we can all be heroes and live our lives in such a way that represents hope to others. My personal experience, I, I have it like, a timeline of it in my channel like in in my reviews from the very first time I saw it to the over and over again and I'm coming back to this movie and realizing how profound and how important it is but I think a recent epiphany I had that I really think it's important to talk about is the fact that I was going to sleep and I always put something playing while I go to sleep usually uh, series I usually watch The Office when I go to sleep because it's very calm but then I was a little tired of The Office and decided to go with the Ultimate Edition because I didn't feel like I was too sleepy three hours I probably will get to sleep until the end I slept earlier than I thought this is not 
a hit. This is not. I'm not talking about the movies boring or anything. Just I went. I slept earlier, like half an hour in, and I woke up with Lex and Lois in the LexCorp Tower talking. That that dialogue, and then I was struck by the fact that this is a very very depressive movie, and I already knew that before. But I think for the first time, while I was waking up half awake, seeing that scene, I think I saw it from the perspective of some people that really just want to have fun at the movies. And then I realized how this movie is such a really um, a world of horrible people, not only morally, but broken down people there's not a single person in this movie and in and to a poetic extent purposely because which is Snyder's intention there's not one person in this movie who's not suffering and you feel and it really brings an atmosphere that I feel like I understand why the audience didn't respond to it so positively because it didn't make them feel good it only made people feel good those who are open to an experience that wasn't just happy and fun and those who were fan of the material and were mesmerized by seeing that so this it's like the movie interacts with the characters with the history of the characters it just it doesn't just adapt them so i really understand how this world of batman v superman specifically because man of steel is very well balanced and i love it so much and i really my hope is that Justice League won't be just bright and fun, but uh, with the course correction, but will actually have a soul of Man of Steel and beyond. And people hate hate it so much how the movie understands that, how the movie actually wants to be like that. People think that that's just a stylistic choice, but the movie actually has a purpose with all those things, and people hate it so much for that. They hate that the movie responds to them, that the movie expresses their opinion, that they show how the world reacts to Superman, just like they do in real life with this version of Superman, and they hate it so much because they really don't like, it's a very dangerous level to deal with the audience because you can't irritate them or they will hate you. The fearlessness of BBS in dealing with uh, people's response in society and dealing with philosophical questions of right or wrong it's something people do not want to have to deal with and then I understand it I do appreciate it and I love that movie to pieces so yeah we wanted to touch a little bit on the mixed reception and the critical response to BVS First of all, it's not true that everybody hated it or that it's generally a disliked movie. The general public was actually split on the movie. In fact, most of the evidence points to more people liking it than disliking it. And you don't make $873 million worldwide if everyone hates the movie. But on the critical side, yeah, it got hammered pretty hard. Now, even the critics, though, weren't as negative as people think. Because it got a lot of fives and sixes on Rotten Tomatoes, but those were registered as Rotten scores. So they counted exactly the same as a 0 or a 1 rating would have counted. In other words, BVS's critical average was about average, or a little slightly below average, uh, even though its tomato meter score seemed low. 
But aside from the technical flaws in Rotten Tomatoes' system, the main point that we wanted to make, and we talked about this some in our interview with Clay Enos, is that much of the negative reaction can be traced to people judging the film against what they wanted, rather than against what the film is. For some people, they wanted a straight action flick with an action sequence every 15 to 20 minutes, whereas BVS goes for 30 to 40 minutes sometimes without an action set piece. Other people wanted a Christopher Reeve, Richard Donner type of Superman, and they were not happy because BVS was very different than Christopher Reeve. Still, other people may have wanted a superhero film with the tone of Marvel movies. People love those movies, and so it's natural that they wanted BVS to be another opportunity to experience that kind of movie. And they were disappointed that BVS was different, like a lot different. I think there's even another category of people who were open to the new version of Superman and who were even open to something different than Marvel and Disney, and yet they still got into a trap because they had mapped out in their head how they wanted Superman and Batman to interact, and they had a certain vision in mind for how Lex and Doomsday should be represented, and so forth. In this case, they are basically judging the movie against the movie that they had made in their head, or that they would have made if they'd had the chance. In all of these cases, people are not actually judging BVS on its own merits, on its execution based on what it set out to do, rather than in comparison to what the person wanted it to be. Now, of course, the general audience is totally within their rights to complain that the movie wasn't what they wanted it to be. But I think we should expect more from the critics. Critics shouldn't be telling movies what they should be and then penalizing them if they aren't that thing. Critics should be digging into what the movie was trying to do and analyzing the extent to which the filmmakers accomplished it. After the fervor died down a bit, I think Ben Affleck even said as much in one interview. He said that the critics were not really judging it on execution, they were judging it based on what it was not. I also think another thing underlying the reception is that a lot of people and critics came in thinking that Batman v Superman should be fairly straightforward, surface-level, blockbuster fare. And they weren't ready for a revenge tragedy, written by Terrio, who majored in British literature, uh, and directed by Zack Snyder, who studied art history. They weren't prepared for Lex to have multiple contingencies and backup plans, rather than a fairly straightforward villain plot. And they weren't prepared for Bruce to articulate one motivation that is actually a rationalization for his real underlying motivation. And they weren't prepared to have to trace Superman's emotions and dilemmas without getting spoon-fed tons of dialogue from the character. Now again, people are within their rights to prefer straightforward movies. No one is required to like deep literary themes served up with their superhero fare. But I wish more people were willing to dig into that kind of stuff because it's really rewarding and it stays with you a lot longer than just a fun romp across the screen. All right, enough from me. Let's hear from a few more listeners. Coming up, we have Bennett Lai, Eddie at LakerZombie on Twitter, and Strangey from Tumblr. Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice is a film that exceeded my expectations in so many ways. From the incredible cinematography, the intricate and culturally relevant plot, to the bombastic and instantly recognizable musical score from Hans Zimmer and Junkie XL, director Zack Snyder has made a film that not only captured my imagination of a grand superhero fight put to the big screen, but also made their physical and psychological conflict emotionally resonant, which broke me to tears during the title fight. No other two fictional characters would have been able to play out the story the way that it was written without having had such an intimate knowledge of both their backstories, motivations, and our own personal ideals and opinions. In many ways, watching Batman v Superman was about seeing why these two needed to coexist and somehow find a way to resolve the intricate power dynamics and feelings towards meeting each other for the first time. 
added an incredible supporting cast, including a diabolically whimsical villain in the form of Lex Luthor, the supportive and plucky reporter Lois Lane, and the fantastic entrance and passion of Wonder Woman, and you have a masterfully told story of finding redemption and hope in a time of darkness and despair. Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice is unabashedly my favorite film of last year, and has inspired me to be somebody who can live up to not only the ideals of Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne, but to acknowledge the humanity that defines them both. Hi, this is Eddie, aka at Laker Zombie. Uh, first off, I want to say a big thanks to Sam and Alessandro for putting on this podcast. Uh, it's really uh, well thought out and thorough and easy to follow. And I know it takes a lot of time and, and work. So I know all of us, the fans, appreciate everything that you do. So thank you for that. The reason I love BVS is because, to me, uh, even though there are uh, fantastical elements to these characters, Zack Snyder and company have done a really good job of grounding this story in reality, all while still having those fantastical elements. And these characters, they're flawed, and they're not afraid to show that things don't always work out as they planned, and things can go wrong, and there are consequences for their actions. And I love that all of these characters have to struggle with that and still all the while, you know, at the end of the day, so to speak, save the day. And it's very much a believable story. And, you know, of course, there's all the technical aspects of the cinematography and the soundtrack and the score. And it's nothing short of an amazing feat that they've basically laid the groundwork for for this DC cinematic universe and it's only going to get better and I know that I along with other DC fans and comic book fans in general are excited to see what comes next it's it was just a great film and it's it's layered and it's it's easy to see that they really took their time and they really you know, did their homework with these characters and it's just going to get better. I mean, we've got Wonder Woman coming down in a couple months and it's, I can already tell that what's going to be amazing as well. It's one of my favorite films. I'll never get tired of watching BBS and all of these DC cinematic films. And I look forward to what comes next. So thanks again for putting on the podcast and uh, we'll keep listening. Why do I love Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice? because it gave me everything I could ask for in a film. Deep characters whose struggles I could relate to, and in this case, on a very personal level, great social and political commentary, a cohesive and complex, yet easy to follow story, striking visuals and great action scenes. But more than that, it is because even after a year, this film left an emotional impact on me. One that gave me something that I'm struggling to keep at the moment. Hope. Hope that whatever struggle I'm facing, things can get better. Hope that I can one day be able to say that men are still good and actually mean it. Thank you, Zack Snyder. And thank you to 
the whole cast and the whole crew for making this film possible. I can't wait to spend more time with this universe and these characters over the course of the DC Extended Universe. And Strangey, by the way, who we just heard from, is part of the DCEU Positivity Group. You can follow them at DCEULove on Twitter. They also sent in the following written notes. First off, on behalf of everyone here at the DCEU Positivity Network, we would like to thank Sam and Alessandro for creating the JLU podcast and their amazing analysis on Batman v Superman, Suicide Squad, and future films in the DC Extended Universe. We would also like to thank Sam for inviting us to be a part of the BVS special, and we all wish them good luck and fortune on a great episode. Then Miles Harris from the DCEU Positivity Network said this, Beyond the grand spectacle and visual audio delights that fill the screen, big and small, the reason why I love Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice is because at the core of everything that's shown to us, Zack Snyder is telling a very human story about two iconic characters who are troubled and caught in their own internal crises and doubt, leading to a series of events that has pushed both men harder than before and will lead them to a place of self-realization, acceptance of what they could and should be, and the hope that, like all of us, they can be better and do better. Tariro Taz Ushi said, The reason why I love BVS is because it's like a great delicious meal which keeps surprising me each time I devour it. And then finally, Ida Palden said, The reason why I love BVS is because it exists. It was a movie that was needed to change things in the genre and in real life, which it did in some ways. In terms of how it took a very serious and mature approach to Superman and Batman and broke certain genre conventions, so you wouldn't expect what would really happen. That it showed how we as human beings can be better than what we are now. That we shouldn't perceive who and what some people are, especially when we've never met them. All right, so that was DCEU Positivity. Next up, let's hear from our final batch of audio submissions. Coming up, you will hear Shay Ladwa, Shay Lonsdale, Daniel Barham, Yanal Abuzed, and Steve Barton. Hi Sam and Alessandro. I have three reasons why I love Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. First of all, for being brave. Warner Brothers could have played it safe for this movie. Warner's has a jewel in the crown in Batman, yet we got an old, grumpy and truly frightening version of the character. An introvert Superman was established just one movie ago and the decision was taken to kill him off. A brave move for sure and by doing so they reinforced the character's heroism and relevance. Lex Luthor could have been an older bald business magnate yet we got a millennial redhead that was creepy and layered. Speaking of layered, I love this movie because it's a gift that keeps on giving. Each replay unearths a new visual or reinforces a theme. No one expects a blockbuster comic book movie to comment on the world around us, yet BVS asked us to question the role of the media, and particularly the press, to realise that nothing is black and white, to see the potential for good in all, and to know that we are not alone. With these and so many other themes, this movie defines the phrase food for thought. And finally, I love this movie for realising my dreams. I've been a comic book fan for many years, so just having a live-action Batman and Superman on the screen would have been enough. But Snyder and his team delivered so much more by paying homage to art that preceded them, such as The Dark Knight Returns, the Batman animated series, Arkham Knight Games, The Injustice Timeline, Superman Birthright, Earth One, horror movies, and even 70s film noir. We even got a Doomsday who did exactly what he should do, which is kill Superman. 
And the last word really must go to Wonder Woman. What more can be said? She was a joy to see, even her scenes as Diana Prince. I'm 17 now. I was 16 when I first saw it. And I was very excited for it, obviously. You know, I actually heard it when I first saw it, but now it's one of my favorite films of all time, possibly. So it speaks a lot to about how you need to look beyond the surface with a film and approach it by its own merits. Because, you know, when... When it first came out, I was kind of throwing a lot of kind of baseless mob mentality, you know, insults about it and issues with the film, which, um, you know, it, it's had quite a bit of impact on me as to, you know, looking at films and stuff. So it's taught me quite a lot. I also relate to the character characters quite a bit. So, you know, the men three, Superman trying to stay positive and hopeful, stick to his morals in a world that's kind of treating him badly or... Is, is acting differently and he doesn't want to conform to that. Lex feeling powerless and inferior. And Bruce going down a dark path and, you know, ultimately getting through that kind of dark stage um, that kind of, you know, proves, like, strength and, you know, lightness even more. You know, I like that Zack Snyder put so much meaning into his films, especially even more so action scenes, you know, that it's more than just um, action for the sake of action. There's real depth, depth meaning behind it. And I would say I like the dark tone of the film as well, because I think it's going to especially help with future films because the light kind of more perhaps comic traditional, you know, light interpretations of the character that we might get in future films, they're going to resonate with us more because we're going to have to see the, the journeys and the choices that they made. So yeah, I think that gives it more weight, to be honest. So I'm excited to see what everyone else thinks. Hey, Alessandro and Sam. I could name a lot more than just one thing I love about uh, Batman versus Superman, but I, I know you guys want to keep this brief. And I will say that this has become one of my favorite superhero movies because of the depth and the arc of the characters uh, in the movie. My favorite thing about the movie is that this is a Batman redemption story. I truly love Batman's full arc in the movie, and the highlight for me was the Martha scene. About midway through the movie, my wife turns to me and says, their mothers had the same name? And, of course, I said yes. And I never really thought about it. I've been a fan of these characters my whole life. And just never put that together and halfway through the fight I smiled to myself because I realized this is going to resolve the conflict a little oversimplification but uh, still my favorite moment and when Batman says Martha will not die tonight as a Batman fan I don't know how that doesn't resonate with you knowing that he finally gets some redemption from being a helpless uh, little boy when his mother was killed there are so many things that I love about Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice way too much to talk about now but it's such a masterful piece of art that more people should really take the time to understand. But here I've decided to focus on just one, which is the musical score of the film. This score is absolutely brilliant in my opinion. Hans Zimmer does something that I have never seen any other composer do with such elegance. He tells stories within his music. Examples like how the Lex Luthor theme is a slightly eerie and twisted version of the Man of Steel theme, and how he uses string instruments to show how Lex is constantly pulling the strings throughout the story is amazing to me. My favorites would have to be Beautiful Lie, Day of the Dead, Is She With You, and Their War Here. All these tell their own stories about loss, about life, and about the responsibility of being hero in our world. It's so masterfully done and it beautifully complements the film itself. The main reasons of many that I love BBS is because it takes my two favorite superheroes of all time and I think that it put them in the right spot at the right time to finally meet. There were things that happened in Man of Steel that I think was appropriate for Superman to face Batman at this time. And we were also at a point in Batman's career in life where it seemed like everything he was doing kind of meant nothing. And Superman
Superman comes along and gives him a, a reason to do something that he feels will finally make a difference and will finally matter not only to the world and the people around him, but more importantly to himself. That's what it's focused on. But being also a huge fan of Man of Steel, I really like to see the world's reaction to Superman now that he's out there for everyone to see and he's no longer questioning himself or he's no longer hiding trying to find a purpose. He's embracing uh, who he is. And even though he has some moments of doubt and uh, questions in Batman vs. Superman, I think at the end, with his sacrifice, we finally see the Superman that, that we've wanted to see this whole time and that everything in Man of Steel and BBS was leading up to. And I honestly, I didn't agree with the time period of uh, how early Superman's death was at first, but then I realized, you know, and after listening to the podcast, you know, his death was a, a mechanism used by the filmmakers to create this heroic man that everyone can look back on and say, wow, he made such a difference, he saved us from this, look how good he was, uh, look how good his actions were, he was so selfless in this act. That's what really hit home for me was they used his death um, to kind of create this hero rather than killing off a hero that everyone already knew. But through this sacrifice, he now has the world uh, coming together and mourning him and supporting what he stood for and almost embracing one another in that name. So I'm really excited for what the future has for uh, DC films, especially with uh, Superman, as we know, he's coming back. Uh, how will things be with him in the world after that? As well as Batman now having this redemption, this self-redemption that we can now see going forward in Justice League. How is he going to be when it comes to facing criminals? How is he going to be when it comes to working with others? How is he going to be when it comes to those private conversations with him and Alfred in the Batcave? I, I'm really excited to see his outlook. So thank you for letting me submit uh, a couple minutes of my thoughts on BBS. If you've listened to our podcast from the beginning, you know that we really enjoy breaking down scenes in terms of themes, motifs, and filmmaking technique. But none of this matters unless there are some emotions behind them. So we want to end by highlighting that BVS was not only a thematic masterpiece, but it was also a very emotionally impactful film. Here's a submission from Skylar Sneathan. Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice may be my favorite film of all time. Never before has a film made me feel so many emotions. I am used to the typical crying at the usual tragic ending, but here I found myself crying at the beginning of the film, during the middle with the Day of the Dead montage scene, the Martha moment, and finally, the end. I felt sheer panic during the beginning Metropolis scene. Martha's kidnapping worried me as I began to believe she may die, even though I am not a diehard Martha fan in general. And then I felt fear when Lex flings the pictures of her at a powerless Superman, while Superman's reaction made me tremble. Finally, I had complete childlike joy and excitement during the Batmobile chase, apocalypse, and warehouse scenes. Although not offended by blood and violence, I quivered and turned away when Superman was impaled. I have cried, laughed, jumped in my seat for joy, held my breath, turned away from the screen, or screamed at movies that I like, but never all of these in the same movie. Growing up, I have been a Batman fan and not a Superman fan until Man of Steel. This film further solidifies that. In my own fanboyish mind, I always wanted to be Batman, but now I think I want to be Superman, with the hope and inspiration the film left me with because of his model. Snyder is a great visionary, as his film has given me a bigger and deeper appreciation for film, comics, and art. Thanks, Skylar. Batman v Superman was an emotionally moving film for me too. 
There are moments of awe and wonder, like when Wonder Woman arrives, obviously, but also when Superman pushes the general swiftly through the wall, which is a very Superman-like move, by the way. I recently saw on Twitter a comparison between that scene and a classic Superman comic book cover, where Superman was literally throwing the bad guy through a brick wall. There's excitement and suspense, concern, and also discomfort with some of the violence, which I think that discomfort is on purpose. The Pulp Clatura blog post uh, that we cite quite a bit talks about how Batman v Superman doesn't glorify violence, but makes us confront it just as the characters have to. And then there are the moments where I got choked up. In some instances, especially back in theaters, I would even sometimes tear up. But now it's usually more like just a feeling it in my throat. But BVS is a movie that actually has multiple spots that choke me up. There's the capital bombing scene, of course. There's also Clark's isolation on the top of the mountain, and the fact that he just wishes he could have his dad there as he is trying to deal with all the controversy surrounding him, a controversy that Jonathan suspected might happen. The Martha moment gets me sometimes, as does the You Are My World moment and Lois cradling Superman's body. There are several movies that might get me choked up once, uh, but this one gets me choked up multiple times. The only other movie, I think, where I consistently get choked up or cry more than I do for BVS is the Tom Hooper version of Les Miserables. That's another movie that I could analyze all day, by the way, but it's a very different genre. It does happen to have Russell Crowe, Hugh Jackman, and Anne Hathaway in it, though, so there is some crossover from the superhero movie realm on that one. But anyway, I think it's amazing that Warner Brothers supported Zack and his team in making such an ambitious and challenging film, and I think it's amazing that they pulled off the emotions and the action and the thematic development so well. And on top of all that, it also set the stage for us to be curious about Wonder Woman's 100-year absence, and for us to eagerly look forward to the formation of the Justice League, because Superman has fallen, and a serious threat seems to be on the way. Such a great film, and I'm sure we'll still be talking about it for more years to come. Thanks for listening, and a special thank you to David Jameson, who supplied the great image that we used for the episode artwork here. And to all of you, thanks for your support over our first year of the podcast. Long live the Justice League universe. Apothecary Awkward absolutely adores ambitious adult art, appreciating annotation, analysis, argument, and answers, actually accepting ambiguity and adopting illusion, allegory, and analogy, abandoning artificially adolescent average appeal, all ages accessibility, and affable applause, alternatively, an audacious, authentic, absorbing, and awesome anomaly, admittedly arduous abstract art, Always astutely aware are allowed argument. Advancing actual analysis. Affectionately, an alliterative apologist, APOC-AUK.